Hi, I'm Batsheva Frankel from Overthrowing Education, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Dr. Cooney Beasley. Cooney has been helping students reach their college goals. Our focus today is making college affordable. You're going to be surprised at what you're going to learn. It's going to help you help your kids. So much to learn. Thanks for listening. Oh, by the way, before you go, it'd be so cool if you went to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash reviews and left a review. Could you do that for me? You know, say a few nice words and maybe five stars. Hmm? (laughs) Thanks so much. You are awesome. Enjoy the show. It's the education podcast, your favorite show, with lots of groovy guests and they share what they know. So crank it up to 10 and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Steve Milletto. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Ah, ah, with Dr. Steve Milletto. For over 40 years, Dr. Cooney Beasley has been helping students reach their college goals. Since 2011, Dr. Beasley and his team have helped students earn over $300 million in scholarships and grants, with students admitted to the top institutions in the country to include the Ivy League, Harvard, Cornell, and so forth, service academies, West Point, Annapolis, and so forth, and top-tier colleges like MIT, Stanford, Duke. His SAT-ACT prep program has been used in public and private schools in over 20 states. Dr. Beasley was the dean of the New College Preparatory Academy with 22 sites across the country from, from Springfield, Massachusetts to Hot Springs, Arkansas to Palm Springs, California. Cooney has a BS from Texas Christian University. <laughs> Go Frogs! <laughs> <laughs> Not this last weekend. <laughs> and, uh, no, they had a rough one. They had a rough one this last weekend, didn't they? Uh, an MBA from Oklahoma City University, a doc, a doctor of ministry from Tyndale Seminary, and PhD from the University of Texas at Arlington. He went to college for 22 years and paid for only one semester. Today, we're talking about paying for college. Cooney, welcome and thanks for joining me. And say hi to everyone. Oh, hello, everybody. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really, really uh, honored to be here. Well, glad to have you here. And uh, before we talk about college and paying for college, let's talk about how this became your focus. Well, long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away, as I tell people, it was about that time. Uh, 1978, I was in the Army, and I was a test control officer in the training unit. Uh, and I was tasked with this little bitty uh, duty to go find ways for soldiers to get college credit and get college degrees. So I began to find ways of how they could take CLEP exams, Dante's exams, find colleges that were compatible to distance education, back before distance education even existed. And I got to be very good in this. And thousands and thousands and thousands of, uh, of soldiers, airmen, sailors, have uh, been able to earn degrees through the various colleges that uh, we did the research on back in 1978, 79, 80. And uh, as this carried on, I kept, I kept up with the information because I just wanted to keep up with the information. And it came time for me to send my people to school. I said, okay, I'm going to figure out how to do this. And so when the first daughter came up for about her junior year, I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. And I did all the research, and she ended up getting a full scholarship to college. And then her friends started asking me, parents started asking me. And then uh, I started saying, well, gosh, I think people will pay me for this. And they did, and they do. And so I developed, a, this was uh, about 1992, 1993, and 1994, I went into it full time. 
That's awesome. That's very cool. It's neat that you started off working with the soldiers like that. That's because mm-hmm. uh, that's a uh, um, a lot of direction needed sometimes, and uh, yes. it's cool that you were able to provide that. Uh, all right, mm-hmm. so can you talk about? Let's let's start with this because sometimes you know I'm a former high school principal. I I, I work with quite a few students and and uh, mm-hmm. in different communities and such, and try to help uh, make sure that uh, they got the right. Uh, uh, encouragement as well as uh, guidance and so forth from the different people who are working with them in those roles to help them, um, as they talk about, even even me. And, you know, one of the things I want you to, to, to talk with me about is what considerations a student and his family should take into consideration when thinking about choosing a college or, you know, to go to? Well, the number one consideration, at least in my opinion, is money. Okay? <laughs> yes. Typically, uh, the college education for the first kid is going to be the largest single investment a family make. It exceeds the cost of their first home. Wow. And so you've got to consider the, you know, how to get through college without an enormous amount of debt and, uh, and, and having the family to have the liquidate assets to do that. There's no college worth having to liquidate retirement, refinance your house or whatever. I mean, people can hawk up and down about Harvard or Princeton or Stanford, but, you know, fundamentally, um, if you have to go into debt up to your eyeballs, it's never going to amortize. You'll, you'll never get your ROI back on that. That's, that's powerful right there because there are a lot of people who mm-hmm. think, you know, that they got to do whatever it, whatever it takes to be in those, in those places. And I, I th- it's good to hear you say that, you know, that's, well, not, n- that's not crazy. Not really because there was a longitudinal study done in 1972. It's called the Kruger Study. They took people who were admitted to Harvard University and some of them attended Harvard, and some of them went someplace else. And they tracked them for 40 years. Wow. After 40 years, there was no significant difference between the people who went to Harvard and people who didn't go to Harvard in their income, their lifetime success, their lifetime achievements. There was no single item that because you went to Harvard, you had the advantage of, except you could go to the Harvard Club. Nice. Um, <laughs> most of the people don't realize that you know education, when you really get down to it, is a commodity. A bachelor's degree in business from a state school is no significantly better than a, a bachelor's degree in business from a, a very expensive private school. Now, there are certain places where if you go to school X, it does give you an advantage in the field. I assure you, if you go to West Point, it'll give you an advantage in the Army. You go to Annapolis, it's ditto. Uh, and if you want to be a Supreme Court justice, you probably need to go to Harvard or Yale Law School. Okay, But beyond that, for the rest of us mere mortals, <laughs> where you go to college is not as important as you think it is. It's so powerful for parents to, to hear, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, cause a lot of times it is the, you know, I, I don't know what you've run into, but I, I, sometimes it's the parents who are driving the. Oh yeah. I had, I had, a, uh, I had an event this morning. I was sitting there, you know, your parents are driving where the kid needs to go and the kid is, you know, showing hesitation. But uh, when, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. How important it is where you go to college. You got a family physician. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, did, uh, do you know where he went to college or she went to college? No, I do not. Did, did you pick the family physician based on where they went to college? Uh, no, I did not. Okay, now, how about your dentist? I didn't do that either. <laughs> okay, how about your lawyer? Uh, no. Okay. You're, you're now, killing you me now. Three, <laughs> three, three, three of the high-profile high professions. You know, I know, parents want their kids to be a lawyer, a doctor, dentist. And, and uh, where they went to college really didn't factor into your decision. doesn't make – I mean – 
when you when you get down to the statistics, and I, I I'm a data guy, okay? You get down to statistics. Thirty percent of the people uh, coming into the U.S. to be doctors are coming in from overseas. I mean, my I have one doctor from China, one doctor from Vietnam. All right. Now, right. if you go back a couple of years, the college that had the highest first-time pass rate on the U.S. medical boards was St. George's in Grenada. <laughs> wow. And there's a lot of Americans who go to the go to the uh, West Indies for medical school because it's they're good medical schools. They're in a British system. And it's very inexpensive. So when you start tracking the stuff strategically, uh, you know, a lot of people overpay for college and they go into debt for it and go into debt for um, a high profile college. Think it's going to amortize itself. It's not. There is not one single study that shows going to an expensive school and going into debt. Four hundred thousand dollars is going to somehow give you an advantage and you're going to be able to pay it back. You're not going to be able to pay it back. Your life insurance will pay it back. That's it's crazy. It's uh, and it, and it's something that I mean it's uh, for the longest time. I mean it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know there are there are thoughts that uh, families have that uh, you know we need to go. It, if you're going to go to college, then you got to go to these colleges. And sometimes well, you can you can go to these colleges if you know what you're doing. And you and you. I mean I've put people into Harvard. I I had uh, one young lady who had an in Greece's time with the SAT, and so we, we did what was called a dog leg. She went to community college and then transferred to Harvard on scholarship. Nice. Okay, there's ways of doing this. There's, there's, there's uh, strategies you can, you can go. If you really want the, the big-name schools, you can get the big-name schools. You know, if you have the, the, the metrics, the GPA, the class rank, the test scores, uh, and then a lot of the more expensive colleges have very generous financial aid plans. And uh, I had a student got accepted at both Princeton and Harvard, and both of them had generous financial aid that his out-of-pocket was less than six thousand a year. Nice, that's but awesome. You, you got to know what you're doing, okay? Right. You got okay. You you can't depend on the ambulance driver to perform brain surgery. <laughs> that's nice. Yes, that's a good point right there. <laughs> Very mm-hmm. good point. So, all right. So, let's we're going to get into some more of this information in just a second about the pain and so forth. But before we go there, I. Talk with me about is college for everyone? Um, yes and no. Everybody can go to college. In the United States, there's nobody who cannot go to college unless there's some other uh, uh, overarching reason. You can go to college. You've got to go to community college. Um, but uh, a lot of people, and I do some work with Mike Rowe, Dirty Jobs. He has the Mike Rowe Foundation. In fact, my uh, grandnephew took one of his programs and went into welding. And, uh, you know, the average plumber, the average welder, after uh, you know, at the age of 30, makes more money than your average family practice doctor. Wow. Uh, so there's a lot of trades out there. There's not everybody has to go to college. Um, my mother, I, I use her as an example. She was, uh, you know, Japanese, did not read or write English, and she died a millionaire because she had a good business mind. So, uh, and then we look at, you know, we look at our typical Steve Jobs and 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 people like that, and say, you know, they didn't go to college. And when I, I that's a two-edged sword. When I encounter a student, he said, well, you know, uh, Steve Jobs didn't go to college. And I said, okay, let me go to your garage, see if you got an Apple computer built in there. If you do, yeah. eh, you don't need college. But if there's no Apple computer there, you might need college or you might need trade school. You might need something, okay? Uh, I Because about 20% of the people who come to me, I'd say, yeah, you don't need to go to college. I, a lot of them, well, in my family, I have girl, boy, boy, girl. Both girls got full scholarships to college. Both boys I put in the Army. Nice, nice. <laughs> So since you're going there, let's, let's talk about some of those alternatives to college. Cause like army military, that's one well, going, go, go, go in the military. Uh, I will confess before you, it's the military who paid for all of my education. 
Nice. I had an Army ROTC scholarship, which paid me to go to TCU. While I was on active duty, I went to Oklahoma City University. I had used uh, tuition assistance for that. And then when I, I, I got out, I used the GI Bill. And then in Texas, they have a thing called the Hazelwood Act. That means that after you've exhausted your GI Bill, you can go to any state school for free. Well, that's also extended to my spouse and, and children. So uh, both of the daughters used the Hazelwood Act to go to state colleges in Texas. So I put my wife and my daughters through college for less than $30,000, three people. Now, now I'm going to put a kicker on here. Yeah, when, when I met my wife, she was a high school dropout. And then in 2014, she graduated from Harvard with honors. Wow. And my total cost of Harvard was $22,000. Most of that was the apartment in Cambridge. Wow. Wow. There's just ways of doing this. And, and she transferred in from community college. She had the Phi Theta Capital Scholarship, which was a full scholarship. I paid $596 her first semester at Harvard. That's and I've awesome. done this with several other kids, too. I mean, it's not just a one-shot deal. I, I've had people come. In fact, I've had the Harvard people say, quit ta- telling people about this. <laughs> okay. That- that's cool. That's cool. So that's, uh, you know, and it's, it, you know, cause you hear about, uh, um, you know, that's one of the things as, as, a as a principal I've recommended to people before where they, you know, the idea of going to a community college or a tech college, mm-hmm. whatever they're referred to, um, so that they can kind of figure out what they want to do and do that type of thing and get good grades and then transfer in. Cause some of the mm-hmm. universities, their transfer process is a lot easier than Yeah, it is. It, it, it's in fact, uh, you know, we're, some of these high-profile colleges, it's easier to get in and transfer as a sophomore than it is to go in as a freshman. Um, some of them, you know, uh, what what we do with a lot of people, we do what we call the dogleg. We said that we send you to community college for a year or two and dogleg you into university of choice because at the bottom of that diploma, it's not going to say I went to community college for two years. It's going to just say that diploma. It's where you, you know, it's where you finish, not where you start. The fact is you just got to start. I like that. By the way, you got me questioning myself. I'm sitting here going, I never asked one of those <laughs> dentist or doctor. I, I've had multiple. Uh... Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's something you have to consider how important, how important is where you go to college. Okay. It's good for, you know, alumni things and cocktails things. I mean, statistically where you went to college will have an impact on your career mm, five to seven years after that. It's your career performance. That's good mm-hmm. to know. That's awesome. <laughs> It's it, good stuff. I, uh, all right. So, so let's talk about, so why does college have such a high price tag? I mean, what in the first place? <laughs> Econ 101. If you have easy access to money, your inflation is going to increase because I mean, any 18 year old can, if he's admitted to a college can borrow up to the cost of education. Some cases right now, 60, 70, $80,000 a year on his signature. Mom and dad can, can co-sign for him. And, uh, because, uh, the money is easy to get. Uh, the colleges continue to inflate their costs. It, it's three times the the, the uh, rate of inflation, um, and colleges do it because they can. I mean, I actually had a, a, a development director of a college come in and tell me. I says, well, you know, you've raised tuition, you know, thirty percent in the last three years. Why? And he goes, because we can. Says, Everybody, you know, comes in here and they're all willing to take out loans to to, to pay for it. And you know, it, if you stop taking out the loans, they're going to start lowering the prices. That's just amazing. People I mean, are taking out the loans. Right. I mean, that's, I, I went, I had my share of loans to do the college that I did and, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, over time, and I have multiple degrees and stuff like this. And, you know, I remember from the beginning, it's one of those things that uh, you just did it. That's what, that's mm-hmm. what you did. But well, there was- a, a lot of the people 
don't realize. I mean, in, in this business, I kind of stratify the people that are in this business. you got people who are what we call ambulance drivers. Okay, they can probably navigate you through applications and, and take out the loans and take your, your family. Then you're going to have some paramedics. They're going to be able to find a few scholarships for you. But you get further up the chain where your people are doing the brain surgery and stuff like that. I, I think there's only about 25 of us in the country that could actually pull this stuff off because now I've got 40 years invested in, in you know learning this business. Plus, I subscribe to over 12 different database services and stuff that provide. I mean, I don't have time to do all the research. So I, other people doing the research for me. I have to keep up on which colleges are offering scholarships, what the threshold is. Uh, and then, you know, things like service academies. I do a lot of service academies. I do Ivy Leagues. But I also do regional colleges that give away a lot of money. Right? And that's, you know, and I think money, what you have to pay for your education is more important than anything else. Because that, that you're going to have to pay that back. I'm not saying go to a cheap college because, or go to a bad college because it's cheap. I'm saying you, you've got to go to a high-value college, something that's going, that's going to give you what you want at a reasonable price that you don't have to go into debt up to your eyeballs. And oh, they I, exist. That's what's awesome. Is that, uh, you know, yeah. you're, you're funneling. There, 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 there are free colleges. There are colleges that are free. There are f- colleges that are incredibly low cost. Uh, you don't see them because they don't go to the Rose Bowl. Okay. But, the, <laughs> you know, let's uh, give you an example. Arguably the most exclusive college in the country is a place called Webb Institute. You've probably never heard of it. No. Okay, it's it's on Long Island. Um, they only take twenty eight students a year. Wow. And if you get in, it's free. Wow. I have two students there. Nice. Get in, it's free. Okay. College of the Ozarks, it's free. Hard work, you. Okay. Berea College, free. Hard work, you. Okay. The student, the students work. Barclay College in Kansas, it's a Bible college, free. That's awesome. Okay? That's awesome. there's, there's a lot of colleges that are free. There's other ways of, of, of paying for college. Like right now, uh, I just had a student uh, get uh, national recognition. Like you, in the National Merit Scholarship Program, they have a second program. It's called Recognitions for African Americans, Hispanics, Indigenous, Eskimos, um, uh, and rural, small-town people. And I had one girl, she got the Hispanic recognition and the rural recognition, Okay. Now, let's line things up. The University of Alabama right now will give her a full scholarship and throw in first-year uh, room and board just because she got those recognitions. Jeez. That's based on her PSAT. Right. Um, and Florida International. She, in fact, she has an, she's got a list of 17 colleges that are going to offer her scholarship just because she got that recognition. But people blow off the PSAT. They think, well, I'm not good enough for national merit, but you may hit it in one of those categories and, and, and get it, and then because the – Colleges want their diversity profile. They're going to offer you a scholarship to go there. I mean, uh, National Hispanic University of Kentucky used to offer full rides. Now they they bounce up and down based on their uh, diversity profile. But if you if they need something to add to the diversity profile, they start offering scholarships for it. So you know you got to be able got to keep your thumb on the pulse gotcha. and understand where the where the stuff is going. But Alabama's a, a, a soft spot for me because for for the common person, a 32 ACT and a 3.5 will get you a hundred and twelve thousand dollar scholarship. You wow. can go to their website and it says that it's automatic. Wow, that's a that's amazing. That's a yeah, yeah. yeah that's something. Ole that, Miss the same way. Oh my gosh, nice. You know, and the, and the people they, they don't go to the website. They don't look at the stuff. Well, you know, I have people troll all the website. In fact, I have one company that I hire, and all they do all year long is go to the websites and and list the scholarships, and I get their list from them every year. Or actually, they update every quarter. Okay, and so you know, so we have to. We, what we begin is do is we begin to look at. Uh, what, what the kid wants to do, what 
they're preparing for, and then we give them a list of colleges to look at and how we're going to get them to pay for it. That's nice. That's, you, you know, it's interesting because it, first of all, it's far cry from, uh, you know, I'm in high school in the eighties and early eighties. And, uh, I had to go check the big catalog out of the, out of the counseling office and take this big book and they wouldn't let you take it home. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you had to sit in the room and you went there and you flipped through page after page after page. Yeah. And, uh, which is why most people just chose the state schools. But <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing wrong with state schools. You have a no. lot of really good state schools. And and what I do is for money purposes, I target the regional colleges. You know, for example, in Mississippi, Delta State. Delta State, Mississippi, nationally ranked program in geophysical uh, data. Um, they'd have no out-of-state tuition. You can go there if you have to go out of pocket for about 15000 a year. Tuition, fees, room, and board. But nice. if you got some good test scores, they're going to, you know, I think the test score threshold is, is a 28, start giving you chunks of money for an ACT. And a place like Minot State, uh, recognized for their addiction program, um, no out-of-state tuition. Midwestern State in Wichita Falls, Texas, highest ascension rate to medical school in Texas, seventh least expensive college in Texas. It's out-of-state tuition is lower than in-state tuition in 38 states. Wow. <laughs> you know, they're out there. And and uh, in fact, uh, four of my doctors sent their kids to the Midwestern State after I told them. They rolled their eyes first. And I said, go visit them. And they came back and said, they got a good program. And they sent their kids there. And uh, so, you know, there's, you know, and, and I have this list of secret hidden colleges that people don't know about, but that are good institutions that once you get into the industry, people recognize that that's a good school. It's like being from West Point in the Army. They recognize that, you know, you went to a good school. Um, so, you know, and then we, we look at, you know, for example, what, what, what they want to go into. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you, what do you think is the highest paying, uh, profession for people leaving college? Um, computer engineer, maritime industry, Ah. the maritime academies, merchant marine academy, which is by the way, a federal service academy, which you don't have to go on that serving the military for. A Merchant Marine Academy, New York Maritime, SUNY Maritime, Massachusetts Maritime. If you go to the list of the colleges after 10 years that make the most money, uh, there are three Ivy Leagues on that list and five Maritime Academies. I just had a kid uh, graduate from the Merchant Marine Academy, and he's going into uh, about, I think, between $160,000 and $200,000 initial job. Jeez. You know? And so when you begin to look at what's real, see, most people don't think of what's real. They're thinking of, you know, they're still thinking of, of their, their, you know, what, what their best judgment is or what their friends tell them or whatever. When you actually get down to the data, the data, the, the data says the world is round, not flat. I like that. That's, that's awesome. Cause that's, mm-hmm. you know, and a big part of what you're talking about is having the information to understand mm-hmm. that having you, the data and yeah, go these different directions than what mm-hmm. the, like, you know, like the friend group says at the lunch table or something. Yeah, that, a lot of people, you know, I, I say, you know, you got to stop listening to chicken licking, cocky locky, loosey goosey. Okay, I mean, these people, they're 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 sincere, they're well-meaning, they're sincerely wrong. I mean, I, I get I get this all the time. Well, I heard that, or somebody told me, or I always thought that, and I when I every time I hear that, that that that, that equates to once upon a time, okay. Because uh, it's a fairy tale, or somebody will say, "Well, I, I talked to Martha. Her, she got Jody into Harvard, and she told me everything about Harvard, how to do it." And I said, well, "How long did you talk to her?" She said, oh, "About five minutes." And I go, hmm. 
If, I, if it was five minutes, I could bottle it and sell it, okay? Uh, there's a lot more to it than people think, and they, they, they think very simplistically, okay? And they also think, you know, my kid's got high grades, got a good test score. Why won't he get a scholarship at University X? I say, because University X doesn't give scholarships. It doesn't need to. It's got a waiting list of people willing to pay retail. So, you know, you, you have to target colleges that are willing to pay students to cross over, to, to not go to the high-profile college and pay retail and go to the regional college where they're going to give you a scholarship. That's it, it's incredible because that's you know that's stuff that uh, I it, it literally in a lot of schools it's driven by and when I say schools I mean as a high school former high mm-hmm. school principal you know you work in some schools where you're helping kids um, develop an idea about wanting to go um, mm-hmm. and understanding that you can get them to that level where they can go and then uh, and so they don't know where to think about it. and then you got other kids who are coming from families who might have planned since birth you know, maybe before birth, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. where they're going to go. Some, the, some Ivy League couples uh, do their college planning by picking their spouse. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's terrible. It's going to be a good alumni. That, that's that's all that legacy program they had that hoopla about recently. Yeah, it's nice. That's, that's, that's scary right there. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's uh, – it, and and what I started to say, then I got I, – I ran into in, – in one school I was in, there were kids who had uh, alternatives, and so they had their fallback school – and uh, and they talked about all these different places that they wanted to go, and they always had their fallback, which was one that mm-hmm. um, they they're counting on being able to deliver something to them um, for uh, being able to go. In uh, in in Georgia, where I am, uh, there's some um, border states that there's a couple mm-hmm. universities that like to poach <laughs> mm-hmm. kids from from Georgia over to their state. So uh, yeah. and uh, one of you named, but uh, that's. Uh, it, it, it's just a fascinating thing because I, I think too often we don't know enough about this and uh, you kind of settle for whatever, you know, wherever your thoughts were, wherever you were directed towards, but you don't realize that uh, as a kid or as a family, as a father or a mother or whatever, um, trying to, you know, f- help your, your child uh, get into wherever they're going. Sometimes it's not necessarily the, like you said, the place that's going to the Rose Bowl or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It just, People uh, are attracted to the curb appeal. They're attracted to the name, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, okay, and if you strive, if you're striving for a Harvard, then you need to get the metrics to get in, get the optics so that they'll accept you. And um, at Harvard, I think it's eighty thousand. If your adjusted gross income is below eighty thousand, they'll pay for everything. And the cutoff for tui- full tuition is like one hundred and fifty thousand, and it's scaled above that. So very few people pay full freight at Harvard or Princeton or. Some of these uh, schools that got, you know, Prince, let's say Vanderbilt, Rice, um, Stanford, they have these these programs where, you know, they make it affordable if you get in. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome because that's, you know, that's one of the things that I think that because uh, it's a, you know, it's, it's a kind of a scary process when you're a family and a student. You start looking at, you know, I, I had a I had a friend and colleague who uh, she talked about uh, how when she applied for uh the schools, it depended on whether they required an essay or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, as opposed to really looking at uh, some of the other information about whether this would be the right place to go or not. I, and I, I think some of our families get stuck in some certain mindsets, like that's too big of an mm-hmm. application or, or I got to go there because, and it's, yeah. it, when it comes down they, to, they, they, they get, you know, that branding and stuff like that. I mean, um, you know, but you know, actually, for example, 80 to 85% of the colleges in the country 
will admit you and scholarship you on metrics alone, uh, GPA, class rank, uh, test scores. And I, I do want to say something about test scores. This whole test optional thing, it's been a bonanza for the highly competitive colleges because the number of students applying on test optional has doubled the application rate. So their acceptance rate goes down and the amount of money they make on the application fees goes up. I think it was one college that increased their uh, income by some $7 million because of the number of people that have applied. Wow. Um, and, um, uh, and people think, you know, and I've had people, I've had school leaders tell me, we haven't, we don't emphasize SAT or AP. This is what the data says, okay? There's the common data set. All of the schools feed their data into this common data set. The common data set says that if you have a test score and it's in above the middle 50% band and higher, you have a half again better chance of being admitted than somebody without a test score. That's what the data says. People continue to ignore that, but that's what the data says. And plus, when you get into scholarships, although the school itself for admissions will be test optional, if you want a scholarship, you're going to have to submit a test score. So we still do testing. We do test prep, a very expensive test prep. I teach people how to beat the test. I mean, in college board, they know me personally. They, they don't like me. because <laughs> uh, But, you know, I, I used to handle, uh, when, when Duke Talent Identification Program was uh, – was going on all cylinders. I, we were the largest supplier of Duke tip kids into the program. And I was teaching these seventh graders how to beat the SAT and ACT, a lot of them scoring in the 90th percentile. And the, the, the test is beatable. I mean, even with the new digital test out, I got the copy of the new digital test, went through the whole thing. I've already got a prep program online for the new digital thing because you can beat it too. It's actually easier to beat than the other one was. Wow. You know, it's, it's a way to beat the test. It, it just people just don't realize that there is a way to beat the test. It's, it's just amazing. I you know because it's 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 a far cry from uh, doing uh, what I did, which was uh, sign up for the SAT and then you you show up on the day to take it and you see what you got. And uh, mm -hmm. there's uh, so many different help um, methods and prepping and so forth like that. And then the same thing with the colleges, you know, you have these ideas that I want to go here. I want to go there. Well, why do you want to go there? Well, whoa. well I don't know. <laughs> you know, if you really push me towards yeah, it, you yeah, know, yeah, you got you, so, and they're, uh, they're falling to popular appeal. I mean, it's like buying cars, you know, they want the cool car and they're willing to go into debt for it. So, uh, that's what you have to understand is that, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to give you an example. I had an actual case. Okay, Portland, Oregon. Portland State University, University of Portland. University of Portland is about three times more expensive than Portland State. Had a girl that was going to be a nurse. Okay, now a nursing degree from either one of them is a nursing degree is a nursing degree. You have to pass the same boards. She wanted to go to Portland, University of Portland, and I said, okay, this is what's going to happen. Based on what you're going to have to borrow to go there, you're going to be paying $2,000 a month to pay off your loans for 30 years. Now, you go to work someplace, nobody is going to pay you $2,000 a month more because you went to the University of, University of Portland versus Portland State. She went to University of Portland. Three years later, they called back, Dr. Beasley, can you help us? What do we do? I said, make your payments. You're going to own the rest of your, at least 30 years of your life. I mean, I had a guy that finished medical school, came to me and said, what do I do? Like, actually, I had some solutions for him. Okay. He says, what do I do? And I looked at his stuff, and I says, well, let's see. You're going to finish working for the government when you're 63. You're going to spend your entire professional life 
making government payments. Now, there's a way out of this, okay? And I said, he said, okay, what do I do? And I says, you go join the Army Reserves as a doctor. They'll let you in. They'll run you through the, the charm school, show you how to be an officer. You do your two week, you do your two, uh, you do your one weekend a month, two weeks in the summer, and after seven years, they'll pay off your loans. Nice. I had several doctors do that. In fact, a lot of them just stayed in because they're going to be able to draw retirement from this. And, uh, and that, that's a little secret hidden thing that people don't realize. If you go in the reserves, they pay one-seventh of your loans off. Well, that's the last time I checked. Now, I, they may have changed it because there's been some changes in the last few months. But, you know, there's places like that you can go and get your loans paid off. That, that's awesome because that's something that, I mean, it, just most people have no clue about any of this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, if you're a nurse, the VA will pay your loans off. You go work with the VA. Cool. Yeah, there's all kinds of these programs out there. Uh, uh, where I live right now in the Rio Grande Valley, bottom of the map, I'm going to be here for another couple of months. Uh, uh, to get the doctors to come down here to relocate, not only will they pay them a bonus, but they'll pay off their loans. Nice. To incentivize them to come to South Texas. Oh, that's great. That's, a, that's a, you know, it, you know, this, this is where, you know, the thoughts about, you know, becoming aware and understanding mm-hmm. uh, the, the world that you're in, that uh, there are possibilities for that, uh, you know, the college to be affordable and uh, to, to not, like you said, be stuck for 60 years or whatever, or 30 years uh, yeah, paying off. Yeah, that can be affordable. There, there's ways of accelerating through college. Uh, I actually worked with somebody who finished college in six months. Now, he had an extra gene, okay, now, uh, but uh, he did it in six months, and I've helped people finish their bachelor's degrees in a year. There are ways of doing it. Now, I don't recommend it for everybody, but you have people who are, you know, let's say in their late 30s, early 40s who hit the glass ceiling, and they need a degree, and they don't. it doesn't really matter what it's in. They just need a degree, and there are ways that you can do it. There's, you can take CLEP exams. You can take what's called Dante's exams, which are uh, – from the military, get college credit, take a few courses, um, and compact your portfolio and get awarded a degree. And there's several colleges that do that. Excelsior College in New York, which is a state college. Uh, Thomas Edison State University in New Jersey. There's plenty of colleges that do this. So there, there's just, I mean, um, there are strategies that people can can follow that is going to get them what they want at a reduced cost. That's so just so incredible, and the information is so so much uh, um, necessary. I, you know, one of the things you've you've referred to this a couple of different times. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what? So you know, your your uh, what you do is uh, you have Beasley uh, uh, Prep, right? And uh, right. so, can you talk a little bit about uh, what you do there? What uh, families who uh, check into your program, what they're going to experience? First thing we do is we have an initial interview. We need to find out, you know, uh, what the ambitions are, uh, what the capabilities of the students are, uh, what the finances of the family are, things like that. And then, you know, what they say, you know, where they want to go to school, and we'll toss a couple extra schools in there. And then we say, okay, we're going to put together a college readiness plan. Okay, if you've already got a high test score, we're probably not going to do intensive uh, test prep. But if you don't, we're going to do intensive test prep. We're going to have to raise your score to, for you to be viable, you know. Um, we tell them, you know, usually the, the, the sweet spot for us is sophomore year. Okay. After the sophomore year, we're, we're, we're taking a measure of catch up. But if we, if we catch somebody beginning sophomore year, we got time to do most everything. We would prefer earlier, but sophomore year is the sweet spot. Uh, 
And we can get them into, first off, we're going to do things such as the President's Volunteer Service Award. That gives them national-level recognition. The Congressional Award gives them national-level recognition. Their congressman will, will award them the medal. I just had a local student have his congressman award him a medal. We, we had a homeschooler get into Cornell, and it was his congressman that gave him the bump with the letter to get him in the Cornell, okay? There's just, so you want to package this student so that they've got uh, things that the college, the college will say, this kid is beyond just your typical kid. And then we want to get them in the, in, and build the portfolio. At the same time, we got to get the grades up, okay? You're going to go to college with what you have at the end of the junior year. There's not going to be any Hail Marys for your GPA your senior year. It's not going to work. So you've got to have uh, a viable GPA at the end of your junior year. So we work on that. We have a, a learning dynamics program where we teach them study skills, time management, things like that. At the same time, uh, we want to we build their activities, get them, you know, if they're going to go Eagle Scout or get into Boy State, Girl State, things like that, because these began to move the equity of the kid up, okay? So he's being positioned. He's being pushed to the front of the line. He's being put up on a stool. So we're getting visibility. We're getting colleges interested in them. And at that point, when we start getting the colleges interested in them, if they've got the metrics, they've got the optics, which means they look good, means that the, uh, you know, the colleges want them, uh, and we begin the application process, and we, you know, and we get them with having lots of offers. Okay, you know, I, I remember one student that accepted Princeton and Harvard, and it came up on the day he had to make his decision. He was on the phone almost in tears. And I said, I, I, my job to put you in this position is not my job to make the decision for you. You have to make the decision. He did end up deciding on Princeton. But, uh, you know, you, you, you want to get, you know, the students in a position. I had a student uh, who wanted to go to the service academies, and he was uh, accepted at West Point, Annapolis, and the Air Force Academy. And he had to mull over that one, I, you know, and I told him, you got to make up your mind because you're holding two slots down that other people are going to get because you got to make up your mind because you're going to pick one. Those two slots open up for the next guy down. And uh, so he ended up going to the Air Force Academy. So, there, you know, our one of our our mission profile is, you know, we prepare, package, and position kids for college success. But we want to provide the greatest range of options, choices, and opportunities. We want them to be in a position where they're going to have to make a big decision on, you know, do I take this money? from this school or that money from this school, or do I go to a service academy, or do I get an ROTC scholarship? The ROTC scholarship is the, the, the best hidden way to pay for college. You can take an ROTC scholarship and go to MIT, and ROTC will pay for it. That's you know? awesome. And yeah. it's not that difficult to get. Um, but, you know, you get, you've got to, you know, you'll end up uh, serving some time. Though not all of them. There's the, what's called the uh, Minuteman scholarship. It doesn't require any active duty. Um, but, you know, they'll pay for your school. And, uh, you know, I have no problem with somebody going in the military for four years. You'll learn more in four years than you will in the civilian sector for 20 years. Uh, I mean, I was when, when I was in the military, at 23, I commanded a 200-man artillery, nuclear artillery battery. I had 18 Hiroshima-sized nukes. And, uh, I mean, that was a lot of you – know, I was, I was only in the Army two years when I took command. So nothing on the outside compared to the level of responsibility I had to exercise as a 23-, 24-year-old. Something else. Something else, and that's uh-huh. – Easily uh, achieved, just like like you said. I mean, through that uh, getting that uh, scholarship and and mm-hmm. taking advantage of it. So I, yep. I love that. Uh, good stuff. I, you know, Cooney, this is this has been an incredible talk because this is something mm-hmm. that boy, I wish I'd had you around when <laughs> I was doing all that stuff. <laughs> if I if I had a nickel for everybody who said that, I could retire. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, if uh, you know, if someone wanted to reach out to you, follow up, and connect, where would you send them? Well, they need to go to my website, 
BeasleyCollegePrep.com. If they want uh, uh, an initial interview, free initial interview, uh, they can sign up for one. Uh, now, I do have to put a caveat. We, we ha- we've had stampedes, okay, <laughs> after I've coming off of a, of a, a podcast or something. So if there's a lot of people there, then I'll do a webinar instead. Uh, but, uh, you know, they can contact us there. Uh, we'll do the initial interview and kind of lay out what can be done, what's feasible. Um, and, uh, you know, just contact me there. Very um, cool. I'll, I'll put there's that... a lot of free stuff they can get there, too, if they want to get some stuff. Nice. I'll put that information in the show notes so it's easy for them mm-hmm. to find. Uh, good stuff. I, you know, I, I, I got two last questions for you, Kunian, and, and the first one goes like this. Um, you know, when so much is happening and needing to be done and life is extremely demanding, uh, what stops you from quitting or giving up? What do you mean quitting and giving up? You don't quit. You don't give up. I mean, I, I, that, I, it's, that line of code is not in my program. Love it. Okay. You got to be persistent. You got to keep going. You see, I have a wide variety of, of, uh, uh, interests. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give you one. Would you believe that I was a football coach? Cool. The 1994 3A state championship in Texas. Nice. And then two years ago, I took another team to the state championship game and we lost. Okay. <laughs> but I've taken two teams to the state championship game. That's, I have a great deal of passion. And the way I work with the students is very similar to coaching. I said, you know what? In that state championship run, I didn't score a single touchdown. You guys scored the touchdowns. It's my job to get you across the goal line. And that's the mentality I have with these kids working with college. My job is to get you across the goal line. Now you can, Run the ball, you can pass the ball, you can fumble the ball, you can intercept the ball, you can return a punt. Doesn't matter. It's still, it's still six points. We want to get you across the goal line. And that's not my attitude in this. And, you know, I, as long as I have this coach attitude and I still am physically able to do it, I'm going to do this, you know. I'm going to continue to do this. I don't, there's no reason why for me to quit. I mean, when, when people ask me, you know, when are you going to retire? It says, well, there's no retirement in the Bible, no retirement in the Constitution. So I'm not spiritually or uh, uh, legally obligated to do any of that. I'm going to continue to do this until it's time to stop. And, you know, I love it. Know, they'll, they'll find me stop and next time I desk. Gotcha. I, I love it. This is that, what a great answer. The, the, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, and, and, and you're, Proof, the, the proof is in the pudding, man. I like, well, I, like I, that. I mean, I'm 68 years old, and my best years are ahead of me. Nice. I mean, still, I mean, I, I can turn 80 and run for president, you know? <laughs> That's true. Very true. You know, so uh, so I, I, my best years are ahead of me. The most time, the, the, the impact I'm going to have with people, the greatest impact is ahead of me. I love that. So that's what I'm going to do. I love that. Thank you. Last question for you. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given a chance to say thank you? I've had so many. Okay. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to single out one. John Alexander Carroll won the Pulitzer Prize in 1959 for his uh, biography of George Washington. Um, moved me to the right side of the spectrum. Um, he was a Navy chief. Um, while he was on the Sequoia, the presidential yacht served as a seaman on that, he went to uh, George Washington University all the way through Ph.D. as an enlisted man in the Navy nice. and uh, got, got into history. And he used to dress to the hilt every day. I mean, starch collars, starch cuffs, spats, fedora. Uh, and uh, he would wax pontifically and just you know talk about history. He said, you have to understand the personalities. And when... Um, 
uh, Hank, Hank Aaron was getting ready to, to beat Babe Ruth's record. He followed Hank Aaron around for two weeks. He wanted to be there when it went over the fence. That's cool. Um, he was very, very articulate. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I got to say that he probably made the single greatest impression on me. That is awesome. To the point that I can talk this much about him. <laughs> That's awesome. That is so cool. Excellent. I love I appreciate you sharing. Uh, Cooney, thank you so much for talking with me. Deciding to go to college, where to go, and how to pay for college without using all your resources or going into extreme debt is a topic that is top of families' lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts. Wishing the thank best in all you do. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. The opinions expressed on Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.